Remain standing as is our custom here. If you're able to stand up, as would you stand with us just in honor of the word? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. If you're all there, say amen. amen. Talking of the gifts of the Spirit to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits. Let's stop. Father, thank you. Move in power. Amen. You may be seated. There are uh, notes for you. We'd encourage you to fill those in uh, as we move along. I want to preach to you uh, a message I have preached uh, numerous times, but not in this fashion, uh, not in this way. So it is a new message, but a familiar message. We believe in the gifts of the Spirit, the gift of discerning of spirits, and the actual, actually in the Greek it's discernings of spirits. It's plural in the Greek. And um, in light of certain things that have taken place across the valley and different folks I've run into uh, in recent weeks, I realized um, we better teach on this and uh, just to help y'all, you can't be, I don't believe, a really a spirit-filled church and not have a strong gift of the discerning of spirits. In fact, it's going to be hard for you. Turn, turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Turn there. It's going to be hard. In fact, if you're living in this day and age, and if you don't have this gift, buddy, you're in trouble. you got to have the, come on, someone say, Lord, give me the discerning of spirits. I mean the gifts of the discerning of spirits. First John, pardon me, First Timothy four one and two says, "Now the Spirit expressly says in latter times some of you will depart from the faith, uh oh, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies in hypocrisy." having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. Come on, somebody say rip. Rip, that means rest in peace. Okay, so that, that, how many of you know we're in, <laughs> we're in the last, we're in the latter days. And there is lots of folks out there that are not really, um, they're a couple sandwiches short of a picnic. The elevator doesn't go to the top. All their puppies aren't barking. And there can be a lot of reasons for that. But you want, to be, you want to have the gift of discerning of spirits because you don't. You might end up in that elevator stuck somewhere. Do you understand what I'm saying? One of the reasons is that in our own country, societal structures based on the Judeo-Christian uh, revelation have been systematically torn down. They have been systematically removed. And the process... Those, um, those Judeo-Christian structures, they used to have blue laws. Does anybody remember, that's actually before my time, uh, maybe. I don't remember blue laws, but I think they had them. And then after they were removed, I remember hearing they were called blue laws. Things like nothing was open on Sunday. You, you couldn't have anything open on Sunday because you couldn't buy anything on Sunday because all the stores are closed. Why? Because Sunday was the Lord's Day and you just could, didn't mess with that. There were certain things in our nation, in the United States of America, that kept America safe in certain ways. How many of you, we are not in the 50s. Your fathers knows best. Father knows best. That was a very popular show. Yeah, now they... Now they, they uh, they make fun of fathers, and they make fun of Christians, and, and you can rip babies from the womb. 
the systematic tearing down of our, of our laws, which were Judeo-Christian laws mostly. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying that they're being gradually, or maybe not so gradually, removed. And in the process, the protection from the demonic, protection from the demonic uh, intrusion has been removed. You see, by doing the right thing, it brings a protection. So when you begin to do the wrong thing, it, that protection is lifted. And when a nation begins to change its laws to endorse things like same-sex marriage and, uh, and, and abortion and the things that we have in our country, you had best know, as according to the book of Leviticus, that the, the, the land will vomit out that nation. And that there's a judgment that can come. Say, is, it, is America under judgment? I think America is headed for a revival. How's that? That's what I, that's what I think. Somebody said, are you, are you a, I got a call to invited to a, a, a group of folks that are getting together to teach pastors about how you can be political from your pulpit and not get in trouble. There's, uh, we already do that, so I'm not really worried about that. Under, you know, the whole separation of church and state. That lying spirits have possessed people. I don't, I don't mean, even in my lifetime, and I'm, I'm a young man, but even in my lifetime, I mean, people have the ability to lie now like they never did before. It's just like, I've had somebody just look at me. Does anybody have their own personal lie detector tests? Anybody know anything about neuro linguistics? Uh, there, there's neural processing. It's certain when, when, when they say, okay, now this is philosophy and the rudiments of the world, traditions of men, okay? This is, I'm just saying, the psychological testings. When somebody, when you ask them a question and they look up to the right, they're accessing the, the aspect of the uh, part of their mind that supposedly they're, they're intelligent if they do that. If they look down all the time, they're not so smart. That's what they say. <laughs> I don't know. I found myself looking down a lot. I thought it was a sign of humility. Anyway, <laughs> nope, you done with a box of rocks. That's what you need to. Now, so there's people make decisions, you know, on base whether somebody's lying or not. You know, there's all kinds of tests. How many of you know that police officers and state troopers have tests for whether somebody's intoxicated? I saw one recently. It was somewhere in Texas, and, um, and this police officer, female trooper, is, uh, I don't know why they didn't have a breathalyzer, so she says, you know, walk the line, and he walks the line, and then she says, okay, you look like you know how to dance. He says, yes, ma'am, I know how to dance, and she's like, all right, you know, hip shuffle, shuffle. She does this whole, she's obviously a dance instructor, and she goes through this whole thing. Now you do it, and he does it perfectly, and then he says, he lifts his hand, and he says, really, I think you ought to do it, and then he just busts out a barrel roll and some crazy Texas dance, and, and she says, oh, you're a good dancer. Can you dance some more? She says, oh, no, I'm drunk, and anyway, he ends up going to jail. <laughs> you know, he blew it right there. There are lying spirits. I have my own little exams on whether someone's lying. It's some, now with a lying spirit, it's hard to tell whether somebody's lying. I've had somebody lie straight to my face. Even recently, look me right in the eye, not flinch, and bold-faced lie. That happens more now than it ever did before. Is, that, is there anybody else that's with me this, this evening? All right. And uh, the problem is that if, you know, if you're given to lying, liars end up in the pit of hell. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, liars, go to hell. All right. And he 
Hebrews 12 and verse 15. It says this, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up, causing trouble, and by this many become defiled. We need the gift of discernment to being to really understand what's happening as we live in this world. You have to have the discerning of spirits. And because there's liars, there's people with bitter roots that have been planted in their lives. Bitter roots, what is that? that? A bitter root is when you don't forgive because in your heart you believe you deserve something different. So you make up in your mind, in your heart, that that person deserves justice or judgment and you don't forgive them and you can end up bitter. I see bitterness all over the place in, in Christians' lives. And I, I have had challenges with bitterness in my own life in years gone by, many years. I preached on it not all that long ago. All of these messages are available online. You can go to kcalaska.com, check it out. Avoiding the bitter root road. That is a message you should go find and go listen to it. I believe it has revelation in it. Because when the Lord spoke to me about bitterness, he said, he said no, you're not bitter, but you have a residue of bitterness. <laughs> what? How many know when God speaks to you, you better pay attention to residue? That's like, that's like uh, my wife doesn't like going into greasy food restaurants because the grease gets in her hair. And all the ladies said, amen. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You walk out, you smell like a fried food, right? I smelled like bacon this morning. Hallelujah. Bitterness can get on you like that. You can have a, a residue of bitterness in your life. And it can, bitterness can spring up, as, as it says here in, um, in Hebrews, to defile many, cause all kinds of problems, emotionally, physically, relationally. Discernment will help you to know whether somebody's bitter or not. Why would you need to know that? So you can be careful. Because a bitter, someone with a root of bitterness can defile you, can defile a church. Somebody said, do you, do you take care of bitterness here? What do you do if somebody's bitter here? We help them and get them healed. Amen. But you don't, allow, you don't allow division. You don't allow bitterness. You don't allow strife. We have a zero strife policy. What does that mean? Going to come cause strife and problems? You'll be talking to the pastor. There's a n numerous of them. I happen to be the head guy. I'm just saying, you, 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 it's, you're going to have it. You're going to come to Jesus meeting because we're going to help you, and we're going to help you not hurt anybody else. I know nobody here. We're just talking to the choir tonight. No one here is bitter. No one here is bringing any defilement. Amen. We all need the gift of discernment. Is there an answer to all of the different problems? Well, yeah, yeah, there is. There is the answer, and I think one of the one of the main answers is uh, preaching God's word under an anointing, under an unction. You know, I have found, uh, as I have many, many friends who are pastors of all different kinds of denominations, I have found when the word of God is preached with an unction, with power and anointing and the, and the presence of God and the gifts are present to flow and operate, I've found that there's just less problems. What do you mean? I'm telling you, the devil, he, he don't, he don't want to show up. and do, He just get exposed. Stuff will happen. It just gets fixed. 
there's do you know in a, do you know in a church like ours and there's many and we and and God knows we're like at the Nazareth level we're going to go deeper Come on, some of you know what that means, Nazareth level. Jesus could do no great miracles there because he's doing great miracles. I just am believing for even greater things. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm not saying he's not doing great things. He is, but I I know there's so much more I'm hungry. Is there anybody else hungry? Hungry and thirsty for God to do great things. But when God's power is put on display, it just fixes stuff. It just just, just brings a decappuccino. You know what I'm talking about? Just takes the just just takes the head off. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. So the church, in the church, is there an answer to the lying spirits, to bitter root? Is there, is there an answer to doctrines of demons and, 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 and people out there, the demonic activity? Well, yeah, there is. The power of the Holy Ghost, the gifts of the Spirit. And one of those gifts that's very important for you to have is the discerning of spirits, the actual—it's actual. The actual phrase in the Greek is discernments of spirits. It's plural, plural discernments. It's not just discernment; it's discernments of spirits. There's not just one spirit. Spirits. What do you mean, spirits? Well, there's there, there's many. There's a human spirit. You have a spirit. And we've taught you on prophecy before, and how people can prophesy out of their own spirit, not by the Holy Spirit. You have a spirit. When, Je- when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, he comes and takes up residence in your heart, in your spirit. Your spirit is made alive to God. The dividing wall of sin is broken down because of what Jesus has done on the cross and how he died and rose again from the grave. And so your spirit is made alive to him, but you have a spirit. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you're a spirit. Go ahead and say, yeah. Yeah, and this earth suit is one day going to go in the ground and you're going to get a glorified body. Come on, someone say Hallelujah. Somebody said, my glorified body's totally ripped, shredded. And, uh, I don't, you know, I don't know about that because, you know, it used to be that being large was in. They, yeah. They, <laughs> they called it voluptuous, right? So maybe in heaven everybody's huge. You're unencumbered. You don't have to hold your breath when you bend down to tie your shoes and stuff, and you just can eat whatever you want. Hallelujah. I'm just saying, we have an idea of, like, what that looks like. We have no idea what it is. You know, you're a, you're a, you're a body with a spirit, not a, not a spirit with a body. But you, are, you have a spirit. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, I pray with my spirit. He's, he's talking about praying in the Holy Spirit. And ontologically, which is the study of spiritual, spatial realities, your spirit and God's spirit are separate. How many of you know you are not God's spirit? Raise your hand. Is that doctrines of demons guy come near you, talk to you about that too? You are not the Holy Spirit. Someone say you're not the Holy Spirit. Yeah, no, you're not the Holy Spirit, but you can be filled with the Spirit. And when you pray in other tongues, it's, I believe, doctrinally, an initial, initial evidence of being filled with the Spirit. Just the initial evidence, it's a profound gift. The Apostle Paul says that basically anybody can be filled to pray in tongues. That's not praying in tongues with interpretation. That's prophecy, right? 
All right, I've preached all messages on that. Again, you can go to kcalaska.com and you can go get the Why We Pray in Tongues. It's a powerful gift. We believe in it. We pray in tongues all the time. Ontologically, your, your spirit and God's spirit are separate. They're not the same, in other words. But economically, when you pray in the spirit, it's his spirit praying through your spirit. Does that make sense? Leading your spirit. You could say it another way. All right. So the apostle Paul said, you know, I pray in the Holy Spirit. Again, that's different than, than tongues and interpretation. There's demonic spirits. Take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 7, I believe it is. Verse 24, 2 Corinthians 7. And it's not verse 24, so anyway, you can go be a good Berean and look it up. <laughs> the, the devil comes as an angel of light. He talks about that. How many of you know the devil comes as an angel of light? He doesn't show up at your house necessarily with a pitchfork and two big horns coming out the top of his head. He can show up like an angel of light. So just because you had a supernatural encounter doesn't necessarily mean it was an angel and doesn't necessarily mean, you know, that somebody prophesied to you was accurate doesn't necessarily mean that what you're hearing is from God. You need the discerning of spirits. That's 2 Corinthians 11, 14. I was close. 7, 4, 7, 24, 11, 14. They're close. What is that again, Reverend? 2 Corinthians Eleven and verse fourteen. If you're all there, say amen. Let me read it to you. And let's go uh, with the King James. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. So demons don't just show up with you know the the all hooded and black and ugly and scary. They can come brilliant too. Why would they do that? To fool you. Angels and the Holy Spirit. Look at number three. We're talking about the discerning of spirits, angels and the Holy Spirit. I have been visited numerous times uh, by angels. Now, we, you say, well, what was that like? Well, actually, in actual fact, we're being visited now. How do you know that? I know it because of what the word says. So the angels of God look in on the thing, look in on the things of the heirs of salvation. So just theologically, biblically, we understand that there's angels here. Why? Because they encamp around the righteous. There's another scripture for you. If you're made righteous, come on, you're living for Jesus and the blood of Jesus has covered you from sin. Guess what camps around your house? Guess what's around you? Angels are around your house. Now, if you ain't living right, the devil might be around your house. But around my house, angels. Got angels right now. Ministering spirits. They come, there's, there's angels that bring healing. And, you know, you can do a whole study on angels. 
There, there's a whole part of the body of Christ that doesn't even want to talk about it because they're freaked out about looking like they're hyper-spiritual. I got news for you. There's demons. There's angels. There's the Holy Spirit. There's doctrines of demons. There's a place called hell, and there's a place called heaven. Everything in the Bible's true, and he wants to bring you from glory to glory tonight. I didn't just come here to preach to you. I came to be elevated and lifted up in a, in a way of growing deeper in God, and I believe you have too. I want to go to the next level of the gift of discerning of spirits. I want that to operate in my life in a greater way. Why? We need it. There's all kinds of people showing up to try to bring a twisting to people's faith and to rob, steal, kill, and destroy. So you need the gift, and you need people with the gift around you to have it. All right, how the gift operates. Now, in the context of what is being what is written here, the Apostle Paul is writing what he's just said. He's talking about prophecy, and it operates in the in in whether a prophecy is of the Lord or not. But there, there's more than that. So, those of you that prophesy, and there's many, you ought to have a healthy fear of the Lord that when you're prophesying, your prophetic word could and should be judged. That means when the prophetic word goes forth, it should be judged by those who are hearing it. You said, I thought we weren't supposed to judge any. Are you kidding me? We're also, I'm going to talk about it in a minute. Where do there be fruit inspectors? When's the last time you, did had anybody ever had a mealy apple? Me, I grew up having like the best apples on the planet. I mean, you get them in the fall in upstate New York. I'm sure there's other places, but man, when I would bite into that thing, it would snap and little would like spray a little bit and just be like, amazing. And apple cider, oh. And then I moved to Hawaii. And when I moved to Hawaii, there was occasionally we got some good Fuji apples, but they were nothing like those Macintosh apples back in upstate New York in early fall. Not, not one. I still haven't had one like that. I grew up with those. So they had these other apples, and I have had so many mealy apples that I watch other people eat apples before I get one. <laughs> Does anybody? So they're like, oh, apples. And I'm like, oh, apple. And then I watch them, they're like, snap, and it crunches. Like, mm, they're good. I'm like, all right. Because <laughs> I've had so many mealy, I've been defiled. I might have a root of bitterness right there. Father, help me. I've been defiled by our mealy apple. I don't know if you ever heard a mealy word. The gift of discernment is important to, to use, to have in your life and have people around you. I've got a whole bunch of people that have the gift of discerning of spirits. Some think they haven't, and it's a gift of suspicion. I'm not sure it's a gift. Number one, whether what's being prophesied is a Lord or not, because many times people will prophesy, not, not here, it can happen. Our prophets that were flying in, that's not going to happen with them. These are tested, tried, and true. But people can give a word, thus saith the Lord, and it wasn't them at all. I mean, it wasn't the Lord at all. Number two, to judge the intention or motivation of somebody. 
Hebrews 4.12 says, For the, the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and tents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him who we must give an account. Wow. Let me suggest something. God can speak to you. I'll give you a story. Real life story didn't take place here, so please don't be confused. A leader in our church, another, it's the same church, but it wasn't here many, many, many years ago, was in adultery. And he was a great leader. I mean, he was just full of the spirit, so you would think, and um, very charismatic and being used by the Lord. But he was in adultery. Well, nobody knew it. And when Pastor Colleen, that's uh, Dr. Morocco's wife, was speaking with him, she walked away and said to Dr. Morocco, he's an adultery. He said, what? No, he isn't. He said, yes, he is. He said, no, he isn't. Yes, Jim, he is. And, and you, know, you know, Pastor Colleen, that was, that was that. That was the end of that. Well, come to find out about two weeks later, it all, it all, came, it all came out. How did she know? the gift of discerning of spirits. And by God's grace, it, it, it greatly affected the church, but the church was able to overcome. God can speak to you. I, I've had it happen many, many times. I count on it. I'm constantly discerning, constantly weighing things. I live my whole life with that. This gift is one of the main gifts that I, that I lean on. I mean the Holy Spirit, of course, but the Holy Spirit has many gifts. This is a gift that you need. You need this gift. When my son asked to go out to go, to go drive his truck to go do something or other, I'm all, he said, Dad, can I go? And I'm instantly, he knows. He looks at me. I'm weighing. Bop, 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 bop. Feels good? All right, you can go. Can I go? No. Doesn't feel good. You ain't going. I, I just, listen, we live our whole, I drive my truck this way, mostly. Sometimes when it snows, just like it did, I think I have like a generational iniquity that comes on me. I just like to four-wheel drift through corners a little bit. Any, anyway, my wife's been helping me with that. You know, some of you guys got the same thing, like, ha, ha, nobody's in the truck. <laughs> I think I just got touched by the Lord thinking about it. Hallelujah. <laughs> Nothing like a little power behind the wheel. Discerning of spirits. I dry, I'm, I, 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 I'm constantly discerning. When I'm meeting people, I'm discerning. When I'm, when I'm being prayed over by somebody, when I'm listening to a message, I'm discerning. When I'm, when I'm you know, I'm driving my car, I'm, I'm weighing, I'm judging. Do you want me to do this? I'm, literally, I drive the way I go home. I never go home the same way. Very, some of you go home the same way all the time. That's great. Praise the Lord. I don't. I don't. If I feel like I want to go the back way, I go the back way. If I feel like I want to go the front way, I go the front way. If I, if I want to make a right, well, I can only make a left out of my driveway because I end up in a dead end. So I generally make a left when I'm leaving my house. But, but I, when I get to the next intersection, there's two different choices I could go. I'm constantly, you just, my family no, never really questions which way I'm driving because it's always sort of different. Why is that? I don't know. 
I'm spirit-filled, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go where I feel like I want to go. All right. Look at three, discerning between a wounded spirit that needs healing. This is, this is heavy right here. Discerning between a wounded spirit that needs healing and a bitter root that needs uprooting or an evil spirit that needs casting out. I spent a fair amount of time in intercession last night, God speaking to me numerous things. And as uh, certain scenarios, dream, vision, going back and forth, the Lord began to show me some things. And uh, before I continue to talk about that, I had somebody say, you know, you got to watch out for that Jezebel spirit in the church today. And uh, no doubt, except the Jezebel spirit can't operate without an Ahab spirit. And the truth is that most people are operating with whatever spirit they're operating with because they're wounded. And if you can get to the place of being made healed and whole and have compassion enough, it doesn't matter what anybody comes to you with. You can help them and set them free instead of have the gift of suspicion and be a religious knucklehead that drives people out of a church because you don't have the power to get them free. Now, some people don't want to be free. And if you don't want to be free, there's a door. Don't let it hit you. Amen. I used to finish that phrase, but it offends people, so I don't say it anymore. No, I mean, if you're here to cause trouble, you will find you. I'm just telling you, find you. And we'll love on you and try to help you to get free. I don't know if you were anything like me. When I first came in the church many, many years ago, I was a hurting, broken man. 25 years ago, I was broken. And I'm so thankful that people, you know, put their arm around me and helped me. I, did, I, I was a project. Amen. We're a hospital here. So, but it's important to be discerning so that we can help people. And again, there are people that don't want to be helped, and there are people that have an agenda, and there are wolves in sheep's clothing. Amen. So a distinction uh, here, a wounded spirit that needs healing. There are people that need healing, and it's not necessarily a demon. However, there are people that have demons that not necessarily a wounded spirit, although it has entry point from something, and you have to figure out what that is and help people get healed. And there are those with a bitter root. And that, that, that needs to be uprooted. The importance of the gift of the church, well, protection. It's, uh, it's an important gift. Discernment is an important gift. Come on, say, Lord, give me a greater gift of the discerning of spirits. Ready, set, go. Lord, give me a greater gift of the discerning of spirits. It's for protection. Protection. So, you know, when, you're, when somebody comes to talk to you or whatever, and then in your spirit it's like, eh, 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 you're like, <laughs> something's wrong with that. <laughs> Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay. Or, or maybe you've said something. Like you, something comes out your mouth, and you're like, eh, eh, you, you, grieve, you, you grieve the Holy Spirit. You suddenly realize, oh, snap. I was living on Molokai. It was my first pastorate outside of uh, the main church where I was saved and raised up with Pastor Karen. And uh, Molokai has more demonic activity, had had more demonic activity really than any other island in the Hawaiian island chain. 
And there's a good reason for that. It was a place where all the kahunas and kahunas, like witch doctors, were trained, so on and so forth. It was, it was uh, more, teen- more suicide per capita, more domestic violence per capita, more, uh, more, poverty, per ca- more, more poverty per capita. My, my wife and I stood at our house one, one night, and we heard a domestic violence dispute. You know, houses were pretty close together in the neighborhood where we were. We heard a domestic violence break out down the block. So, I mean, like you could listen and it's, you know, six or seven houses down maybe. And you're like, oh, Lord, help them. And then before you know it, it's closer. And then you're like, that's not even the same fight. And then and then, and then it's like two houses away. And now, now you have like... Four houses that are having a domestic violence problem. And I'm like, man, that's like, it's like coming our direction. And then before you know it, the house next to ours are having a domestic violence. And then the next thing you know, I mean, I'm feeling irritated. I'm irritated. My wife's irritated. I'm like, oh, this is a spirit, man. And we prayed and called the cops on all of them. Oh, yeah, my, on my block, they all knew. They all knew like, yeah. I just told you, oh, yeah, if you're having a domestic, yeah, I just call the cops on you. Oh, you're going to call the cops? I said, yeah. Yeah, going to call the cops. I remember moving on to that one street in Kauai. They thought I was a cop. They thought I was a detective. They were so mean to me for, like, years. Can I tell you a funny story? You guys like stories. Okay, this has nothing to do with the message. It's just funny. I was frustrated in the church, wasn't growing, Pastor Vince was my only friend, and nearly. And my next-door neighbors were constantly having, I mean, like, you cannot imagine. I mean, they're just like, maybe you can. They would burn rubber in the front of our house until their tires popped. Do you have any idea how long it takes to pump a tire burning rubber? I'm not talking 10 minutes. I'm talking 20-plus, a whole, like, the whole entire street smelling like burnt rubber with it blowing into your house. Foul, vile mouth, horrible, you know, I mean, just week in, week out, day in, day out. And it went on and on and on. And I came home one day, and uh, we were starting to develop a relationship, but they weren't sure they felt how they felt about me, and I wasn't sure how, they, how I felt about them either. But I was reaching my hands towards them and blessing them. So I came home, and they had just gotten this car, and they had a couple baseball bats, and they were just going to beat the, beat, the, beat the car up on the block, break all the windows, dent, you know, like, anybody ever see that, like, a high school, $5 for five hits on the car? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I walked in, I get out of my car, and I look, and they say, hey, pastor, you want to take a hit? I thought, do I? So I grabbed the aluminum bat, and I cocked that thing back, and I said, well, how many shots? They said, oh, do as many as you can. I turned loose every frustrating thing on that car. I beat that thing up one side, down the other, all the way down until I was completely, it was a scene. It was a real scene. And when I was done, I was like, <laughs> and they're like, oh, bruh. like. Thanks, man. Hayden and the battler like, oh, I don't think we, we have a crazy neighbor. Okay. It's a crazy pastor. I felt much better. Praise the Lord. 
Protection. Someone say protection. I told you, it's an isolated hole. Just put it over here. Amen. The gift of discerning of spirits will help you protect yourself. Deliverance and healing. Well, I, I need to say that I'm so thankful for my wife um, because she operates in the gift of discerning of spirits. And without that, she has helped me. When t- Men can be dumb. <laughs> dumb. Really dumb. And all the ladies said, and I, I need my wife, and she really helps me. I'm not as dumb as I used to be. Sometimes I just don't pick up on the vibe that's being thrown down. Well, she picks up on it right away. He's like, uh-uh, nope. Do you need to watch out for that hussy right there? She'd say, no, she doesn't say that. That's my language. In interviews, if we're interviewing someone for staff and different things, you know, we, I have people that, that will talk to them, people that have the gift of discernment, you know, and it'll help you. You need that gift. Come on, my daughter's going to get married one day. That gift is going to be a high operation. <laughs> Amen. There'll be a knock on the door. He'll be standing there to meet me. I'm going to pray in tongues. And he'll have the same interpretation that I have, and then I'll know. That's him. I'll be like, okay, what's the interpretation? He'll be like, um, uh, such and such. Nope, that ain't in it. You got to go. <laughs> ah, you're wrong. <laughs> All right. Deliverance and healing. This is a gift that brings healing. It, it really can. Jesus healed the sick, he cast out devils. I I can tell you endless stories here also where people have thought that something was a devil, but in fact it was grief. Lady, uh, a short story, lady that was um, grieving the loss of a loved one, her husband died, and she is wailing up front. And I don't mean like kind of wailing, I mean like, does anybody know what wailing is? It's not crying. It's full travail wail, okay? So that's what's happening. It's at the end of the service, and she was piled up, and there was people around her praying. A few people knew her, knew what she was going on, was praying for her, and then some other folks wanting to exercise their newly found gift of casting out devils came and thought that it was witchcraft. So they got around her, and they started saying, we bind you, you, you know, you foul spirit of witchcraft. It wasn't a spirit of witchcraft. It was deep grief. And so they discerned wrong. So that, and they were corrected and they, they, you know, you gotta watch out in Pentecostal churches. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah, but at the same time, let me say this. You say, Pastor, we're a Pentecostal spirit filled church? Absolutely won't ever go. We'll never, ever back away from that. And let me say this to those who are like, well, we don't, what, we, you don't want to have that happen. I know you don't want to have that happen. I don't want to have that happen either. I don't want anybody hurt. Well, what about when the person falls down? That wasn't the Holy Spirit. That was their flesh. How do you know, by the way, Mr. Know-it-all? How do you know? Okay, well, maybe it was. Then again, maybe it wasn't. 
And I would rather allow and trust a loving Heavenly Father with an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the gift of discernment, and strong leadership, and have a genuine move of the Spirit of God than have some intellectual, you know, dry, dead, pulled up from the roots teaching that brings no power, no fire, no deliverance. No thanks. I ain't doing it. So I'm going to run around the church and throw oil every time I get the chance unashamedly. I believe in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Is there the flesh? Well, of course there is. That's why we have structures. You want to stand up and make the fool right now? You'll be sitting down just as fast as you stood up. And if that keeps happening, you'll be getting ministered to by security. They're all around you. And they will take you right out the back and will minister to you lovingly outside the church so I can finish my message, right? So there are structures in place. It ain't all willy-nilly and anybody can do whatever they want to stand up and act like a rooster and bark like a dog in the name of the Lord. That ain't happening, man. Come on, smile at me. Hallelujah. I think I need some rest. I'm a a little edgy tonight. That's a good word nevertheless. We can grow in the ability to discern. We can grow (laughs) in the ability to discern. Uh, There's some, it's a specific gift, but you can, I believe, also grow in that. Just like all the gifts of the Spirit, you can ask God to, come on, earnestly covet, says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 31. Go there for a moment before we talk about applying God prescribed tests. There's tests in Scripture to help you discern. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 31, if you could put it up on the screen kindly, but earnestly desire. Now, can you go King James? It's way more got the punch on the king and Jimmy. No King James. Cast the devil out of that. Come out. King James says, earnestly covet. Earnestly covet the best gifts. Covet. Do you know what that is? I mean, it's, it's not desire. It's like desire extra, extra. It's big. So earnestly covet. There's a principle of spiritual coveting. So you can really ask God. You you can fast. You can pray and say, I really want to flow in this gift. Ask God for a greater gift of prophecy. Ask God for an increase in dreams, dream interpretation. Ask God. I used to have like no dreams. And and I've asked him for dreams. Now he speaks to me in dreams all the time. Regularly, I should say. So You can ask God for the gift of discerning of spirits. You can ask God for any gift. And he's a good, good father. You you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more your heavenly father would give give the Holy Spirit to them that ask. The manifestation of the spirit is the gifts of the spirit. It's not just your hair standing on end. It's actually the gifts have manifested in our midst. All right. Applying God-prescribed tests. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 3, it says, Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So in discerning, one of the first tests is, is Jesus Lord? Is Jesus Lord in that person's life or not? Is Jesus Lord in that situation or not? And if somebody is flowing in supernatural power, but Jesus is Lord, then I promise you it's the devil. 
according to that, and 1 John, which we'll look at. So you have to say, you have to examine what's going on and ask, is Jesus Lord of that person in this situation? What's taking place here? Secondly, does it fit the threefold test, a threefold test of John, 1 John 4? 1 John 4, verse 1, Behold, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits of whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Threefold test. Number one, right doctrine. So if somebody's doctrine is messed up, if they, you know, we, we, we applied to, um, to partner with a, an airline just recently. They, they, would, they would help us to get around and save us finances on on uh, tickets. They would not be affiliated with us. And the reason they wouldn't affiliate with us is because we speak in other tongues, because we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So at that, uh, I, I have to still call them, and I, I just, that's not a good place to be to draw the line, okay? I'm not going to call the Baptists down the street her- heretics. Now, if you destroy the Godhead, you are a heretic, and we'll be pointing you out every day of the week. So, so there are those that, that teach that Jesus is not God. That, that is a, a major problem with doctrine. There are those that, that undermine sound doctrine and teach doctrine that's simply not right. If someone's doctrine is not right, you have to immediately put a check and be careful. So what if they just weren't taught right? Well, then you help them out lovingly. There are all those with their cute little name tags and all kinds of stuff that come. And they're very polite and well-dressed. The only problem is an angel came to their founder and uh, the angel had a name. I think it was Moron. Isn't that what it was? <laughs> it's so stinking funny I couldn't help myself. <laughs> The angel of moron came. Moroni? Okay, but I like moron better. Anyway, the problem with that, and if I'm offending you, just lighten up a little bit. And if you come from that background, just chill and take a look at it. Take a look at it. Where are the golden glasses? Where are, listen, we've got stuff that dates back to, they're still finding archaeology that still ties into proving the truth of God's word. You can't unprove it with archaeology. But yet, just back in the 1800s, where are the glasses, Jack? They're gone. Oh, what do you mean? They're gone. Where's the tablets? Or is that that other cult? Okay, I got it right. Thank you. All right, so, you know, I mean, they don't exist. And, yeah, you have, you know, multiple celestial sex partners. I, I, think, God, I think God's not in that. I discern something's wrong. Right doctrine. Even on TV, even on TV and the Internet now, you know, the Internet is so powerful. And there's so many teachers and rabbis and you know, and there can be amazing teaching that you can find. I mean, I'm feeding on some amazing preaching and teaching off the web and YouTube. It's amazing. Yet at the same time, there are those who come out that are even endorsed that have doctrine that's messed up. And you got to go, that's not even in the Bible. I was invited to a meeting not that long ago, and uh, I didn't feel like I was supposed to go. So I didn't. 
It took place in another part of the state, not in the valley. And um, I got the opportunity to see it online. So I'm watching online because they did a live stream. I'm watching young guys preaching, and I'm, I'm listening, and I know some people that went. I didn't want to go. I'm listening. I'm listening. Oh, that wasn't scriptural. Okay, okay. Maybe you didn't mean that. Maybe you didn't mean that. He's preaching. He's preaching. Boo, you did it again. There's two strikes. Come on, bro. Come on. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus, help, help. And he continues on, continues on, continues on. All right, good word. A couple things in there that were like, ah, but maybe he didn't mean it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like maybe he just misspoke and, you know. All right, I've done that. I didn't, you know, not mean to. Then somebody says, hey, and I'm like, oh, whoops. Then it gets into the time of the, the, the flowing of the Holy Ghost part. So he starts flowing in the Holy Ghost, and he prophesies over somebody, and I bear no witness to it at all. Like, does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you hear a word from the Lord, it's just kind of like the tone, whether it's scriptural. You can feel like a, it's like a crystal bell for me. It's just, yeah, God, or just, woo, that was the Lord. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so I don't feel any, woo, that was the Lord. I'm like, ugh. Another one, felt like it was the Lord. I'm like, that was a good word, praise God. Another one, ooh, ugh. So it's like kind of hit and missy for me, but I'm, who am I? I'm not the Lord, but I, he does live on the inside of me. So I'm just sort of judging, I'm fruit inspecting. That was Mealy, that was a Macintosh right there. Mealy, Mealy, right? I'm not condemning him. I'm just checking it out because I know how it works. I know how the devil prowls around. And anybody that just comes off, to, even in this congregation, even here, somebody comes, they're not, they're not somebody that's endorsed by my leadership. They're not one of my leaders. You be careful. They're talking out the side of their mouth and have some kind of agenda. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm generally nice. You flat out don't want to see the other side. You do not want to see the other side of me. I've got a shepherd, a rod, and I'm happy to use it. And again, it's because people are wounded. But there's people that are wounded and entrenched and not submitted and won't submit, and they have an agenda. You may leave now. Oh, that's not very nice. What do you, are you think we're supposed to be a bunch of pansies, Christian pansy Christians? Are you serious right now? Where's my wife? Are you interceding, Pastor Karen? Praise the Lord. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah. Mealy and, and, and Macintosh. And then the meeting takes a swirl. And he's like, I see, I see angels here now. All right, I'm like, all right, all right, whoa. I'm feeling like, whoa, buddy, whoa, whoa. He's like, angels, I see blue lights. I'm like, okay. I've seen blue lights. I've seen angels too, but I'm nervous. I'm nervous, man. Where are you going? And then he goes on to say that he, I'm not even going to say the guy's name. He quotes a prophet who's dead. I know the, knew the guy. He died. The dead prophet, he gives a name. He's here. So-and-so, the prophet, he's here. He's standing. I'm like, oh, God, shut up. We're way out of the bounds. We're way out. We're way out, and it's now, but now, now the whole thing is with Houston. We have a problem. I'm texting, get out of the meeting. Get out. Get out of the meeting. My mom 
Bubba says, if it walks like a duck, talks like a duck, and acts like a duck, honey, it's a duck. Right doctrine. Deception can come so smooth. Look at 1 John 4. We having fun? I'm almost done. Everybody say, run! run. <laughs> it's right, Forrest. First uh, John 4, 8. Turn there. Hallelujah. 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 You know I could sing bass, did you? Huh? Brother Toby told me that's right. Hallelujah. All right. First John 4. Look at verse 8. Verse 7. Beloved, let us one another love one another, for love is of God. And anyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love does not know God. For God is love. Well, so if in their behavior that person doesn't operate in love, there's something wrong. So if they're bitter, I mean, I was a jerk before service tonight, and I had to repent. I got frustrated. I know I'm probably not the only one, except I repented, and you didn't, so you need to repent. (laughs) Amen. I got right before I got up in the pulpit. Hallelujah. I called Pastor Karen and said, I'm sorry. She's like, do you mean it? I'm like, yeah, I mean it. We're going to talk about it. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Praise God. (laughs) I pretty much thrown myself under the bus. But, you know, you need to do that. Because you need to have love. And if you don't have love, if you have cold love, there's something wrong with you. You don't say that you love God and don't love people. Are they doing what's right? 1 John 3, 7. Are they doing what's right? Look at verse 3, 7. This is a threefold test that comes out of, out of 1 John right here. Are you getting it? So 1 John 4, 1. Do they declare Jesus is Lord? Right doctrine, true love. 1 John 4, 8. 1 John 3, 7, find that. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he, notice it's capitalized, is righteous. He who, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's like... Profound. Whoever been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. Now, when it's talking about sin, it's ongoing, habitual. I'm not talking about like what I did this afternoon where I got irritated and I didn't have enough sleep. And now you can make all kinds of excuses, and I was short, and I treated my wife with, I was short with her, and I hurt her feelings. It's under the blood. Right? (laughs) Amen, Pastor Karen. (laughs) Okay. I'm not talking about that. We all stumble and mess up. Right? 
Okay, now I'm talking about willful disobedience and habitual sin. If you have that in your life and you call yourself a Christian, there's something seriously wrong with your walk. And that's what it's saying. So, if, so when you, somebody's trying to give you a word or flow in the gift or, or behave a certain way, or listen, don't partner with that. You need to have discernment. If they say they love God, but they're all shacked up, but they're all, you know, come on. Then, then, or not, then they don't. I used to get so upset because I had a root of bitterness that I got rid of, but I used to get so upset years ago when I would hear certain family members say, well, our family loved God. Like, our family loved God? What are you talking about? Filled with strife, hatred, adultery, divorce, debauchery, drugs, abandonment. What are you talking about? That's not the love of God. That's not what that is. Hello? We love God now. I can say that. My whole family loves God now. So if you love God, you don't continue sinning. That would be a mealy apple. He said, what do I do if I run into people that are like that? You rebuke them in love, you who are spiritual. And you correct them, Matthew 18. Listen, there's so many people that want to just look down their nose and point the finger. Oh, you're a sinner. Oh, shut up. You're ugly too. Why don't you you cast the first stone, you who have no sin. Love people. Love them and confront them. If they're getting drunk, you confront them. Matthew 18, and you, and you, you bring them along. All right, do they have good fruit? And I talked about this fruit inspector thing, but go to Matthew 7. We're almost done. Matthew 7, verse 15. Beware. Beware. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves, verse 16. You'll know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs and from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit. But a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits you will know them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. It's very, very important to have good fruit in your life. And if you have continual bad fruit in your life, you need to take care of that. And you need to find where the root is. Where there's bad fruit, there's a root. And like I said, bitterness can really, like if you don't forgive your father, you don't forgive your mother, you're going to have a bitter root. And that thing can work in you in a way that, that is, 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 is horrible and spring up and defile many. And there's lots of people out there like that. See, so you're freaking me out, Pastor. You don't need to be freaked out. But don't go through whistling Dixie while you go over the Niagara Falls. I guess I should have been paying attention. 
you need to be discerning. Listen, everybody's not my best friend. Why is that? Because there's people that will hurt you. Right. So I minister to them. I want to make sure they're safe, healed. We bring them closer as the Lord leads. doesn't mean that everybody's close with you when they're healed and whole. I mean, we all have spheres of influence. But some of you, have bring, you, know, you bring people close to you, you're not discerning at all. Don't do that. Sure is quiet. Learn, look, look at, uh, we're almost done. Learn from those who have the gift. Brother Toby, you jump on the keys for me. Learn who ha- those who have the gift of discerning of spirits, not the gift of suspicion. And um, I think my wife has the strongest gift of discerning of spirits that I know. And um, I thank God for that. Because it's helped us, it's helped the church, and I mean like profound. You cannot have a spirit-filled church and do what God's called us to do without the discerning of spirits. And you can't do what God's called you to do without that gift. You need the gift. Because we're going to pray in a moment. We're going to ask God to give us another measure. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Come on, can you think back if you only knew that that's what would happen with that guy, that girl, that business deal. If you only knew the hidden things that were behind and what was going to take place on that day, that night, through that thing. If you had that gift that was operating, wouldn't it, can, can, you could save yourself some pain, right? Well, here's the thing. There are all kinds of potholes in the Spirit just up ahead. You don't have to worry. You can trust God. But you need the gift of discerning of Spirit's. And just like, just like the gift of leadership and vision and, you know, we were just in these Holy Ghost meetings for a whole week. That just got set on fire. That was just amazing. I'm still, I'm still running on that. Amazing. I even find, I even find some of the stuff that, that, that he said, our evangelist friend, coming out of my mouth when I'm, when I'm preaching that I didn't say in a few weeks before that. Well, how, why is that? It's because he's had some influence on me. We went and had lunch together where we were there, and we were sitting poolside at his hotel. <laughs> and I'm talking to him, and he goes like this. Yeah. I think you should put on some sunscreen. <laughs> I was like, oh. oh. And we talked. I mean, I, I just got a deep love for him, and he's the real deal. He's the same in the pulpit. He's just as offensive outside the pulpit as he is in. And he's, and he's had some influence on me, young man, in his 30s. The same way that vision, leadership, like impartation can come of anointing through the laying on of hands, the same way that gift of discernment you get with people that are discerning, it, you can grow in that gift. Some of, you, some of you want the next level of that, you ask Pastor Karen next time she's here. You say, Pastor Karen, lay pray for me. I need that gift. Because she got it. Minister Jan got a great gift to discern in the Spirit. So you got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have it. Minister Lori got a great gift to discern in the Spirit. You got to have it. All right. So learn from those who have the gift of discerning the Spirits, not the gift of suspicion. And pray for God to use you in that gift. Pray for God to use you. You want to grow in this gift, I would encourage you to read all of 1 John. 
read the whole thing. Read all of First John. It, it just take, it'd take you 10 minutes. It's short. Read all of First John. Read through it. And it'll help you avoid lots of problems. The Word of God, a lamp unto a feet, a light upon our path. Ask God. Ask God for the gift of discernment, gift of discerning of spirits. Can you say amen? Stand up on your feet all across this place. I taught you tonight. There's times where I'm going to preach and pray and prophesy and other times where I just got to bring a good pastoral word to help you out because there's stuff lurking around and I want you to be aware. You say, is there really? Yeah, there really is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was made aware of some teaching that's in the valley just recently. It's the hyper, the hyper neo-Calvinist thing. You understand what that is? I probably need to do a whole other series on grace. I probably need to go back and do a series on grace again because almost hardly anybody really knows what it is. And, and there's, a, there's a, a, a gangrenous teaching out there that, that is beginning to permeate different churches. Very concerning. It ain't coming in here. It's not theologically sound. So we, we got to stand on God's word. So there's times where I need to take the, the place of office of teacher to help you. That's what I tried to do tonight. Why? Because there are doctrines of demons and stuff out there that love to wipe you out. You got to be, not everybody loves God even when they say they do. Lift your hands to heaven. Let's ask God for the gift. Ask God for the gift of discerning spirits. Lord, right now, Minister Lori, you got that great, you got that gift. Come on. I mean, I got it too, but I want you to pray. Come on. I want you to pray. Pray for the discerning, the gift of the discerning of spirits. Come on, lift your hands. Minister Lori, would you pray right now? Heavenly Father, you are a gracious God. And Lord, you have enabled us and have given us the spirit of discernment. And I thank you, God, that tonight you would impart in a greater measure your spirit of discernment upon your body, Lord, yes, Lord, to protect us from the spirit of deceit and lies. Lord, we're asking you for an impartation, greater measure tonight for the discerning of spirits, right and wrong, good and evil. Lord, we're thanking you tonight, God, that you would download it to each and every one release of us tonight. It. Lord, release it into this, into each and every individual here tonight, God. We're thanking you tonight for an impartation of the spirit of discernment. Lord, wisdom and knowledge of good and evil, Lord, that we would be able to discern right and wrong, that we would be discerning when we walk into places. And Lord, when we encounter various people and various doctrines, doc knowing the difference between doctrines of demons, doctrines of men, and doctrines of God, we thank you, Lord, tonight that you would impart this spirit liberally Lord liberally to all who ask thank you Father for it in Jesus name Hallelujah. we pray say this when you say I receive, I receive the gift of the discerning of spirits and I will grow in that gift by your grace thank you amen amen you don't have to be afraid in fact, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. So as you go through your life, you don't live afraid of what's coming. You live knowing that there's the enemy out there and you've got authority over him. 
And you just, but you like, you take a right turn instead of a left, you know. You, you don't go down the dark alley in the spirit, you understand. And walk in, walk in power, walk in confidence, not in fear. Fear of the Lord, beginning of wisdom, and not, not the fear of anything else. Did you get something tonight? Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're not right with God, once you get your life right, give your life to Jesus. Jesus died on a cross and rose again from the grave. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that he's done that, repent of your sin. He'll come in to your life. He'll wash away all your sin. You say, that's me, Pastor. You want to get right with God all across this place. Lift your hand high. You want to get right with God for the first time. Lift your hand. Do it now. Recommit. You need to recommit because you drifted. Lift your hand. Anybody across this place, those online? God bless you. I see that hand. Thank you for your honesty. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for your honesty. Praise God. Pray this prayer with me right out loud. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place, to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life. Come into my heart and be my Lord. Be my Savior. Wash me. Cleanse me. Make me new. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Let me pray for you. I pray, Holy Spirit, fill these now, even with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Baptize them afresh. Holy Spirit, come. Break every chain. Break every bondage. Release your power, your fire, your anointing. The gifts of the Spirit, not just the discerning of spirits. Release the gifts of the Spirit to operate God in and through these. Lord, we thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. Recent diagnosis of a heart condition. Where are you? You're here, maybe online. I want to pray for you. Any kind of ailment in your in your digestive tract, in your in your intestines or your stomach, having a hard time digesting acid, acid stomach, that kind of thing. Come to the front. I'm going to pray for you. Any kind of joint problems, come to the front and pray. Ocular migraines. Come to the front. I'm going to pray for you. You need healing in your body or you want to stand in for someone all across this place. Just come to the front and we're going to pray. Christy Cox, the Lord spoke to me about your house. I don't know if Matthew told you, but he already has it, so you don't even need to worry about it. And in the course of moving forward, it'll just, it's, it's going to be right when you need it. So stress-free, just thank him. That's what I heard him say. Just thank me. It's all set. It's all, all set. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's pray for these pastors, ministers. If you need to slip out, it's 839. Feel free. We're just going to flow in the Holy Ghost a little bit. Pray for these and uh, and uh, minister to them. If you want to slip out, you can. You want to stick around. Brother Toby going to flow on the, on the keys a little bit. If we could have a mic hooked up for him, that'd be great. Then you just do whatever you want to back there, all right? And let's just let the Spirit of God come. If you're going to slip out, go ahead. Let me bless you, Father. Thank you for what you've done. Bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name. 
Amen.